everyone, welcome to another episode of the Hawaii Vacation Connection. My name is Bruce Fisher, thanks for tuning in. Got a great show for you for this Monday, September 9th, 2013. This is our 627th podcast. Got some news for you. Also going to be talking about this issue of concierge. What is truly a concierge? And who's responsible for the decline of that particular profession here in Hawaii? It's happening all over the country, but the true concierge has pretty much all but disappeared here in Hawaii. Nay, I've got my thoughts about it. I made an appearance on Andy Bumatai's show. It's a local show here in Hawaii. A uh, little controversial topic, so I'm going to straighten it out and give you my thoughts about it and why that exists here in the islands. This podcast is brought to you by us. We're the owners of Hawaii Aloha Travel. We're in Hawaii. We're Hawaii's experts, and you can catch us on the web at www.hawaii-aloha.com. You can also give us a call at 1-800-843-8771. You can also check us out on uh, Facebook and Twitter, our blog. You can get to all of these areas of information just by getting over to our website, which is going to be newly relaunched, hopefully in October. Been working very hard behind the scenes here on that, getting our new website launched. It's been a pretty relaxing weekend. Weather has been holding up here pretty good. I just read the other day we are still going through a drought here, although I've been reporting and also on our other podcast that it's been raining more than normal, but I guess when you look at the overall picture of the islands, we are still in a drought. But one thing that we're seeing is that a little bit of a North Shore swell, which is happening obviously up on the North Shore, which means that maybe summer is coming to an end here. And hopefully it is, because it gets really hot, obviously. And it's been hot and muggy. Over this weekend, it was really, really bad like that. We don't get the trade winds. It just gets brutal here. So uh, if you're going to be here for the next few weeks, that's, that's what you can expect. That kind of weather with maybe a few sprinkles here and there. Let's get right to some of the news, because I've got, a, I think, a extra long podcast to do here today with some issues that I wanted to discuss. So... Um, the first thing is that there's going to be quicker airport screening if you're going to be going between the islands. And I, I really applaud this because sometimes if folks are doing a multi-island package where you're going from, let's say you're doing three islands, it can really hamper things because each, each time you, you go to another island, it's a whole travel day. And if sometimes you have to go in between, like if you're going to go from, let's say, the big island to Kauai, sometimes you have to go through Honolulu. If there's, you know, I've been a real advocate for trying to speed that process up so people can get inter-island quickly. Uh, Apparently, TSA uh, TSA has announced a plan to allow uh, low-risk, pre-cleared passengers to uh, get quicker through the process. So I'm going to put a link up on our on our Facebook page, also our podcast page, so you guys can do that and register for that. You could, it's probably a good idea to do that if you're going to be traveling inter-island here now. It'll make the process go a little bit quicker for you, so you don't have to wait in a line when you're going inter-island. Uh, Pacific Business News, that's a local paper here, announced their top 10 hotels on Kauai for this year. And I thought I'd run through a few of them uh, and see whether or not I agree or whether or not you agree with this list. Number 10 was the Aston Islander on the beach. I would agree with that. I might. I, I like the Aston Islander on the beach. That's a kind of a plantation-style hotel located right in the Kapa'a area, centrally located in Kauai, a nice property. And then the Aston Aloha Beach Hotel, I don't know if I'd put that in the top 10. Then uh, number eight, 
St. Regis Princeville Resort. I thought that would be higher because that's such a high-end resort. Number seven, uh, Kiahuna Plantations. A pretty good choice there. That's down in the Poipu area. Courtyard by Marriott is in there at number six. Number five, Kauai Beach Resort. We do a lot with the Kauai Beach Resort. I would say that's a good number for it. In, in At number five, I would have to agree with that one. Uh, number four, Kauai Marriott Resort at Kalapaki Beach. Good choice. The Aston Poipu Kai is in there, down in Poipu. The Sheridan, that's number three. Number two, the Sheridan Kauai Resort. And the number one top Kauai hotel, according to Pacific Business News, is the Grand Hyatt Kauai Resort and Spa. I have to agree with that. I would put that up there as uh, my number one as well. So I pretty much agree with the list. Uh, I would maybe move them around a little bit more. Maybe I'd put St. Regis up a little bit higher. Maybe back, make that number two or three. I don't know why it got uh, number eight. Maybe because it's so darn expensive. Anyway, uh, moving on. Also, Hyatt uh, it has opened their first Andaz in Maui. That has opened. It's a fourteen thousand square. It has a fourteen thousand square foot spa. It has two hundred ninety-seven hotel rooms. But here's a here's something I found out about that property. You know, they have no. A lot of the rooms don't have bathtubs. Uh, and also, what I've also been told now, I haven't seen the property yet, is that the rooms are a little bit smaller than you would expect for a five-star hotel that's demanding so much money. And it also is not, you're not going to get a, a Hawaii Ana experience there. It's one of these hotels that kind of gets away from that. Uh, it's kind of a modern uh, sort of uh, boutique feel to the hotel, uh, kind of a Miami kind of feel, a resort like that. So just keep that in mind if you're thinking about staying at the Andas. I think you should wait before you book that hotel. I don't think it's ever very good to book a hotel when it first opens because they've got to work out the kinks and so forth. And you wait for feedback and stuff before you go. Um, also, uh, some news came out that there's uh, people are enjoying shorter vacations across Hawaii in July. We've been seeing that too. People doing five nights instead of seven nights, or even four nights. And uh, that kind of coincides with what the industry is seeing here. It says that um, August 29th, the HTA, the Hawaii Tourism Authority, said that visitor expenditures were down, slipping a little over 0.7%, and that the average length of stay was decreased 1.4%. And the average length of stay, by the way, is nine days, which is higher than you would think. And uh, that's about the average stay for people coming to the islands. We do a lot of multi-island packages, so that makes sense for me. But I have been seeing people wanting to spend shorter periods of time here. I have a family that I'm working with that's coming here for four days from Mississippi. And I mean, gosh, to come here for only four days when you're traveling that kind of length of time, I think, is kind of, kind of a bummer. You should try and get here for a week but their schedule simply won't allow it it's a group vacation so uh we're we're gonna try to jam in as much as we can in four days for them coming to hawaii from mississippi let's get to the topic today because i did an appearance recently on andy bumatai's show where i was really being very critical of the fact that concierge services in hotels have pretty much disappeared and they've disappeared because big companies like Expedia, Travelocity, there's several activity vendors here, activity wholesalers if you will like uh, VIP Tours, 
pleasant holidays, and there are several of them out there. And what they've done is they've taken up a lot of the real estate in the hotels, in the lobbies, and are setting up activity desks, which really are not true concierge desks. And they're doing this to try and maximize the profits on tours that they have relationships with. And subsequently, it makes it a lot harder for people who want to get into the business or other smaller, very good tour companies who want to offer their tours into their inventory because they want to take a lot of the profit away from them. So if you wanted to, for instance, like we have a, a tour that we sell, our my Aloha Bruce's Great uh, Oahu Adventure or Wade's World's Tour. If we wanted to get in on those desks, we've got to give them a big percentage of the profit to get in there. And it all, it becomes, it's just not worth it because we have expenses and it, it just cuts into the profit so much that it's, it's not even worth it to work with these activity desks. And they, they really stifle the ability for the tourists and the, the people visiting Hawaii to get a real feel for what's out there. They're, that's why everybody's going on the same tours and doing the same things because they're all, all these activity vendors ha are in bed with certain vendors who they are going to sell because they're going to make a bigger profit margin. Now, the hotels in Hawaii have outsourced their concierge desk space to third-party companies simply for the rent money. That's what it comes down to. So since it's such a great revenue stream, obviously these hotels have outsourced a lot of their concierge desk space to third-party companies like Expedia and Aloha VIP Tours and several others that are out there because they're going to receive a lot of revenue. Like the Hyatt Regency on Maui, gets anywhere between $1,800 and $3,200 a month for that little desk space. So obviously, this is a great source of income for the hotel. Instead of paying a concierge to be there to help their clients, they can get paid money. So it becomes this greedy thing that I think the hotels are involved in. And with so many Hawaii hotels opting to rent their space out instead of paying a qualified employee, it's really hard to see the future of concierge jobs continuing here for much longer. And it's not just online big travel agencies like Expedia that are taking over the desk. There are tons of activity providers that are looking to make as much money as possible on bookings as opposed to giving good advice, good advice and tips on worthwhile activities. Now, according to a recent poll by a market research firm from Merit, 50% of the respondents said they used the hotel's concierge services, while another 18% said this service is extremely important during that stay. So this shows how important the concierge services are to guests. It's, you know, a lot of people depend on them. I mean, and that's what they think they're going to do. They're gonna, and a lot of people do that. 50% of the people that come in here don't book any activities until they get here because they think they're just going to go down to their uh, to the hotel concierge and book them there. And, you know, it seems to me like if you're going to be paying 200 plus bucks a night, which is what it costs for a hotel room here, I think you're entitled to a real concierge. I think it's unfortunate and I think it's unfair to consumers to have an activity desk down in your lobby if you're a hotelier disguised as a concierge. And if it's not going to be a true concierge, you should be telling your customers that. 
And I think that the hotels are really a lot to blame for all of this. That's what's going on because um, a perfect example is what happened at the Hilton Hawaiian Village about a year ago. Instead of outsourcing their concierge desk to one of these outsourcing companies like we've been just talking about it, they decide to outsource it to a timeshare real realtor. So imagine this, you go downstairs to the concierge and it's not a concierge and it's not even one of these activity desks, it's really a timeshare reseller. And what they're going to do is try and get you to go on one of these timeshare things to buy a timeshare instead of even really getting any advice at all. And I can't think of a worse scenario at all. Now I have to tell you when they did this, it was a complete disaster for the Hilton Hawaiian Village. This program failed for them. And they ended up reverting actually to a full-on concierge. They learned their lesson, and now they have one of the f the few real concierge services available at the Hilton Wine Village. But here's the thing: they have one of these high-end ones, and they're only available in the Elite Tower. There's still another activity desk running it in the main lobby. So these are some of the things that are really a concern for people like myself who are trying to really advocate the best customer experience. So I think the fault and, you know, just to kind of just, you know, wrap this up because I think you understand the dilemma here is first of all, if you book with us, you're going to be getting good advice and you should be doing these activities, especially before you come. And that's why I think people should really plan their activities out or at least be doing the research before they get here instead of relying on the hotel concierge. So if you do book with us, you can get that, you can know you're going to get that advice. And you know you can always reach out to me. I'm very accessible. I'm easy to reach. You can email me. I'll be happy to give you my advice. And I'm hoping, of course, that I will earn your business, but I'm only going to provide you with vendors that I know are going to give you a great experience. I'm not going to be doing it just to, to see how much money I can make off of you. So I think that the... The real culprits here, I think, are the hotels themselves because I think that they are just getting a little bit too greedy and selling out in favor of money over a good customer experience. And I think that um, we need to put pressure on the hotels to stop doing this and stop outsourcing it to these firms or come up with another happy medium where there's either both in the hotel or if they're going to be outsourcing a desk like that, that they let the consumers know. Because I think it comes down to revenues and RevPAR and the hotels trying to make as much money as they possibly can. And quite frankly, I think a lot of these activity desks popped up when Hawaii was in a slump, you know, for, for many years here, for at least almost three or four years. Hawaii hotels were in a slump and they, they weren't able to make the revenues they're making now. So I think now that they are able, now that the economy has bounced back, I think they should revisit the idea of whether or not they want to have their activity desks or their concierge desks outsourced to third parties. So hopefully that explains my position. I've been kind of vocal about this, taking a little bit of heat, but I really want you guys to know about it more than anything else. I want you to understand that when you go downstairs to the concierge, you may not be getting a concierge. And that's why it's important to reach out to people like myself or go to a real true concierge or go to a hotel that has a true concierge so you'll get the best overall experience during your Hawaii vacation. You know, the activities and the things you do here uh, are going to make or break 
your Hawaii vacation. So hopefully that helps you out. Don't forget to reach out to us. Check out our blogs. You can write, write to me, Bruce, at hawaii-aloha.com. Check out our blog and our podcast page. We also have an app that you can download. It's in the Play Store or the Apple Store as well. Also, check out our companion podcast, LuckyWeLive808.com. You'll find lots of information there as well about Hawaii. So that's going to wrap it up for my beautiful wife, Yaling, for all of us here at Hawaii Aloha Travel. I'll say aloha and mahalo. <laughs>